Hallelujah. Just go ahead and say, tell the Lord, I love you so much. I love you. I love you, Jesus. You're amazing. Hallelujah. I want to talk just briefly about, and then we're going to do a testimony. We're going to talk briefly about settle it, resolve it. You belong to the Lord forever. Would you say that? Settle it, resolve it. You belong to the Lord forever. Hallelujah. This is a bit of a heart-to-heart talk. I'm asking the Lord to settle you in your heart that you are the Lord's child, that He has everything of restoration in your life planned. Everything's planned that's in it, and His hand of blessing is uh, increasing in our lives at this season. And that he wants to continually partner with you if you allow your heart to be knitted together with him. How many of you just have figured out he, Father God knows best. He knows best. So we're going to look for just a moment in Joshua's life. He made a declaration at the end of, kind of toward the end of the book of Joshua. It says, now therefore fear the Lord. He's talking to the Israelites. And serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods that your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. Notice this next verse. If it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your fathers served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, But notice he says what? But as for me, he settles it. Everybody say that. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Let's say it again. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Then the people answered and said, Far be it from us that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. For it is the Lord our God who brought us and our fathers up from the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, and who did those great signs in our sight and preserved us in the way that we went among all the peoples through whom we passed. So there comes a time in your life and in my life where you decide, you settle something about how you're going to live. There's a moment where you determine the path you're going to take. Does everybody understand what I'm talking about? Now, there is a time when young people grow up and they had the, the parents' God, the God of their parents. And they come to a place to where, is he going to be mine? Am I going to serve the God of my parents? Is he going to become my God now? and not just their God and me and the family? Am I going to sell out the way that they sold out? Am I going to live that way unto him? Is he going to be mine no matter what I go through? Is he, let me ask, is he your Lord and Savior? See, that's the, is he yours? Is he your healer? How many of you have had the the touch of healing, physical, emotional, spiritual, healing? Is he your deliverer? Have you been set free at some point of captivity? Is he that to you? 
Now, has he become the Lord above all others and you love him above all others? See, This is important. Has your heart become knitted to him? Because the children of Israel declared that it was the Lord that brought them out of the house of slavery and did great signs and preserved them as they went. And therefore, they too, like Joshua, determined that they would, they, and their households would serve the Lord. Now, the Lord promises to be with us in Isaiah 43, 2. I, lo- I just love this verse. I love this verse. Look at this verse with me. When you pass through, everybody say through. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. And when you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned. And the flame shall not consume you. I would like to say to you that other gods that you served tried to drown you in the water. That other gods that you served, that your flesh craved, they overwhelmed you and had you just go downriver. You get lost. Is that right? How many of you have the, the desires that are not purified actually tried to burn you up and turn you into a heap of ashes? How many of you know what sin can do? And the false gods of this world try to run you over. And these are, look, how many of you know, <laughs> Jesus came to rescue you from your house that was burning down and rescued you from yourself. And you're in the back room playing with the matches. You're just messing up. I wonder if this will burn. I wonder if. How many of you had to live? Here's here's. Watch the contrast now. How many of you have had to come out of stuff you've done to yourself? You've done to yourself. Okay. Now let's look at this other verse. Jesus will help you overcome. Jesus in in John sixteen thirty three says, "I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace." Now he says, in the world you'll have tribulation. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Now what we're looking about now is this, is now apart from the problems we create, there are also tribulations that come because the world is broken and the world is not following Jesus. And tribulations come to you and me because of somebody else's wrongdoing. Hello? Wouldn't it be wonderful that everybody just serve the Lord your God all? Just serve. You know, the millennium is going to be a great place where Jesus is just here in person. And it's going to be one. And the lion lays down with the lamb. And you got the kitty cats play with the cobras. Hey, how you doing? You know, it's going to be fun. And you're going to, we're, going to have, we're going to have a blast. Everything's going to be friendly and fun and nice. And it's going to be nice. Hallelujah. How many of the, it'll be stress-free. As we talked about last week, Father God will come out. And his first order of business is going to start wiping tears out of your eyes. Because of all the losses and all that death has done to you. Very first thing. All that the mourning, that the mourning because of the sadness of disappointments and losses. The difference between mourning and crying is crying is louder than mourning. At least in the Bible, that's the definition. Just you're louder. Your mourning gets loud. And you're hurting. And it says there's no more pain anymore. Hallelujah. No more pain. Because the former things are passed away. And behold, all things come new. And Father God begins to wash away the tears of a life 
that whether it was by your own making or the tribulations that came upon you, he says, I'm going to wipe those tears away and you're going to be made new. And what I love about him now is that he doesn't wait for us to get to heaven because Jesus has conquered death now. And he rose from the dead to break its death hold over us and it's broken. So I want you to settle something in yourself that you're going to walk through. Just say, I'm going to walk with Jesus through thick and thin, through ups and downs, through sunshine and rain, through blessing and loss. You know, sometimes, how many of you found sometimes you just can't go around it, you got to go through it. But when you take his hand and you go through it, there's something that happens to you. There's something precious that happens to you. You find that you can make it and you can actually have less of what you thought you needed after you got through it. How many of you had such reliance on other stuff that it's like finally the Lord gets it out of your hands and you go, I really didn't need that. I didn't know I didn't need that. How many of you have really made friends with certain sins? Well, that's my friend. And then you go through the fire and you go, I really didn't need that. He took it and it's good to be free. Well, let's go ahead. I have a statement up here. Let's go ahead and just declare it. Say, Jesus, you alone are my Lord forever. Just say it. Jesus, you alone are my Lord forever. I don't want to submit any part of my life under the lordship of anything else. Nothing else. I want anything in my life under the lordship of anything else. Listen to this. That's including my lordship. Anyway, what I'm talking about is the fleshly you and me. Where you go, I have to have this. I'm Lord of this. You say, no, no, just let go. How many of you found out that um, you were more of a control freak than you ever thought? <laughs> it's amazing how, how totally controlling we are over the minutest things. <laughs> and the Lord said, just another little dip in the fire. And you go, hey, how's that feel now? <laughs> He's not mean. He's not mean. We've, we've been experiencing the Lord just putting us on the potter's wheel. And, and the, the Bible teaches that when you, you this Jeremiah, he says, go down to the potter's house. I'm going to show you something. He says, okay. And he sees the, the pot in the potter's hands, you know, and then he says, oh, there's a flaw. How many of you are willing to acknowledge, oh, there's a flaw? There's a, oh, there, there may be more than one. The more I spin here, I wonder, can you actually make anything out of this? And the Lord says, yes. Because He's skillful. And He knows how to take what yours, your weakest, horriblest, fun word, horriblest, nastiest, forsakenest, drive you nuttiest, drive everybody else nuttiest flaw in your life. He says, I'm going to take that and I'm going to do a miracle inside of you. And I'm going to cause that that place is now going to become the fountainhead of my wisdom. And the fountainhead of my capacity in and through your life. I'm going to turn it all around and make the very thing that was the greatest deficit 
to be your greatest asset. Will you make me Lord of all? And when He's Lord of all, even your deepest doubts begin to evaporate. There's something so dynamic about His love that the input of assurance changes you, doesn't it? How many of your testimonies in the room? Love changed. Love lifted me. Love lifted me. When nothing else could help, love lifted me. So the Lord promises to work in us and to work the bad into good. And this is that mystery verse, Romans 8.28. Everybody knows it. Read it with me. And we know that in all things God works for the good to those who love Him and have been called according to His purpose. We're going to share a testimony or two in a minute about how God's turned things around that were horrific, that were death-dealing, that were debilitating, that were put, puts the soul at a place of such brokenness that emotional trauma creates physical illness. And the Lord says, let me be Lord of all. Let me have everything. And you start getting better in every way. And let me say, no other God does this. He's the turnaround God. He doesn't take you down into hell. He brings you out of your hell. He's the miracle God. He's the one that establishes the reality of who you really are. That's what I love about it. How many of you, the longer you've walked with the Lord to realize, gosh, He really knows what I'm designed to be. He goes, yes, I created you. I know you. So here's a good question. Do you have the grit to go through the trials of your faith and come out like, a, like shining gold? And my answer here is, you may not yet, but you will. Can you say in your heart of hearts that nothing could shake you from absolute trust and dependence upon the Lord? You may not be able to yet, but you will. Have you thought through almost every perceivable loss you could face in this life and still determined that you would, put, you would press into the Lord with everything you are and trust Him no matter what? You may not yet, but you will, you will, you will. Everybody say yes. I, it's my choice. I choose to do it. Paul faced an abundance of trials. Would you say that Paul in the Bible faced an abundance of trials? You think this? No, would you say? Okay, would you agree with that? Is what I meant. You guys are so compliant. Paul faced the abundance of trials. <laughs> So, he gives us some of his wisdom. 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty-eight says, Therefore, my beloved brothers, everybody say it, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Be steadfast. Be steadfast. Be steadfast. Now, see, this is your time, and this is, this is the time in our culture to establish because of terms in the Bible like a great falling away, massive amount of deception, 
confusion at every turn, lies coming right at you, people believing they're actually the truth. I just want to tell you, the Spirit of God that lives inside of you will keep you. You will discern if you ask, if you count on His Lordship, if you trust in Him, the Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth. He knows where you're supposed to be, what you're supposed to be about. He will lead you. So walking with Jesus is all about making it to the end of your life on earth and having accomplished His will and purpose in your life. I have a little decree up here. Let's go ahead and put it up. Would you? There's two pages to this. And, uh, I mean, two slides to this. Just kind of read over it for a little second there. Just think, of, think about it. Because we want to declare it. Would you think about that? And make a declaration with your mouth. Now, go ahead and put the other one up too. Slide it up. The next slide. So we're going to save this stuff. Okay? Is that good? The pastor quit talking. Okay, let's go back to the other one. We're on a summer reading book called The Power of Blessing. How many of you have been convicted over your tongue already? You know, when I say stuff like that, the Holy Spirit is so loving. I will never, and I've shared this before, I remember about 20 something years ago, I remember the Lord said to me, You're so critical. And I had the audacity to say, no, I'm not. To the Lord who knows everything. I said, I'm not critical. And the Lord, the next month, the Holy Spirit sat guard over my mouth. And every time I said something critical, He goes, there's, a, there's one. Here's one. I, I realized I couldn't talk without saying something critical. Now, that's Holy Spirit conviction. And at the end of the month, I knew who was telling the truth. <laughs> Jesus, help me. And we did get prayer. And I'll describe it to you. We were dealing with a spirit of death. And we were at a cleansing stream retreat. Stand up here in this little place in the light here. And face them. And we were doing this thing where we were dealing with a spirit of death in people's lives. And the instruction was we're going to say your name and command you to come forth. It's like Jesus. But here's what's going to happen we're going to unwrap the grave clothes of death. And so each person on the ministry team was ministered to before the retreat started. And we just did it to receive ministry. We didn't know if we needed it or not. We always did it. We did it for someone. We received it. And they said, in the name of Jesus, I take off the grave clothes of death that have wrapped you up in your life. And you just, as a prophetic act, just take them off. And... Um, this brother, the Lord, is taking him off of me. And he says, now we command death to leave. And something got stuck in my throat. And it didn't want to leave my throat. 
So we commanded death to leave. Something had so affected my life that a spirit called death had a place in my life. And it affected my words. It affected my words and my speech. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it eat its fruit. And so by the time we commanded death to leave, and it went, And I wasn't critical anymore. Death left me. The spirit of death controlled my tongue left me. And Heather was really happy about that. Thank you. I noticed something. I was just meditating on the Word the other day and it said, they come this way sometimes. It's, Jesus says, well, the Bible's saying, and Jesus cast demons out with a word. And it says, and he healed all who were sick. And I always thought in terms of those are two separate things. Healing the sick is separate than dealing with the demon. Then I noticed the Bible where Jesus says to Peter's mother-in-law, he rebukes a fever. Why would you rebuke a fever unless it's somebody? Unless it's somebody. You don't rebuke a, you rebuke well, you rebuke an entity, an entity, a, a, a person. And so when he rebuked the fever, the spirit of the fever, the spirit of infirmity left. I've just wondered how many times physical infirmity is tied to a spiritual... How many times? We're going to get to that in a minute. We're going to have a testimony here in a minute. How many times? Now, I want us to proclaim this. I want you to just say it aloud with me. We're going to read it aloud. First one. Ready? Thank you, Father God, that in Christ I am steadfast. I am steadfast in faith in you and all you have done. I am steadfast in the hope in all you have planned for me. I am steadfast in your love for me that bears these hopes and endures all things. Next slide. You are my refuge and in you I am immovable, empowered by God in my commitment to with and through you, by your love and power and presence, I abound in the work of the Lord, and I am fruitful in and through Christ Jesus, my Lord. Say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just kind of tell somebody next to you, tenacity in the Spirit of God is, import, is very important. It's very important. Tenacity, resolve and settling. I'm going to get to what Jesus wants 
in my life. I'm going to get to what all that Jesus has. I'm not going to back off. No matter if I feel a little pain or queasy or a headache, I'm not going to back off if I feel under it or under pressure. I'm not going to back off if there's something resisting me or an obstacle. I'm not going to back off. Because Jesus went and dealt with it already. I just got to get what he's done inside of me. How about a couple of happy hallelujahs? This is good. <laughs> so where in the world does our tenacity come from? Where does it come from? What is the root of our steadfastness? And I have a verse in Isaiah in uh, 50 verse 6 and 7, but I'm going to start with verse 7 and then give the context of verse, uh, by reading verse 6. This is a prophetic passage concerning Jesus and his determination to complete God's will for us. Isaiah 50 verse 7, it says, but the Lord God helps me, therefore I have not been disgraced, therefore I have set my face like a flint. And I know that I shall not be put to shame. Just take that and put it in your own spirit for you. This is Jesus. This is a prophetic word about Jesus. In fact, uh, we're going to come back to this verse. Look at the next one right quick. See, Luke 9.51 says, When the days drew near for him to be taken up, he set his face to go to Jerusalem. He set his face. What did he set his face to? He's going to go through it. Everybody say, I'm going to go through it. I'm, going to, I'm not going to stay stuck in it. I'm going to go through it. Let's, let's look at this back up. And let's, uh, read it with me. Uh, Isaiah 50 verse 7. But the Lord God helps me. Therefore, I have not been disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like flint. And I know that I shall not be put to shame. Do you realize sin and the devil want to put you to shame and you to live under it all the time? And there are people that come in and they, their heads hang down and they've received the lie that they should be ashamed of themselves. And the Lord says, I'm going to break its power over you. And you're going to come in like a little kid, go, hi, daddy. And you're going to be happy. And I'm going to flood your heart with joy and love and assurance. And you're not going to second guess everything. And you're not going to overthink your life and turn into analysis paralysis. You're going to be free and enjoy yourself. And you're going to bring glory to me because you're happy about who we are together. And then I'm going to slip miracles through you and you're just going to laugh your head off. I'm going to do stuff in and through your life that you're just going to be amazed that we did this together. Because that's always been my plan. Is that right? Now, what's the context of this? Isaiah 50 verse 6. This is the context. I gave my back to those who strike and my cheeks to those who pull out the beard. I hid not my face from disgrace and spitting. So this is Jesus saying, I'm going to go set my face like flint because this is going to happen and you're going to be healed because of what I went through. Matthews 26, 67, the next slide says, they spit in his face, they struck him and they slapped him. Verse 20, uh, Matthew 27, 26, says, then they released from them by Barabbas and he scourged, they scourged Jesus and uh, delivered him to be crucified. So Jesus went through the crucifixion 
for us to carry every burden of rejection. Every burden of rejection and abuse and shame that we could ever face in order to become fountains of His healing grace. He's done it. See, there's nothing that you can go through that He can't relate to as far as excruciating pain. He knows all the excruciating pain you could ever imagine in every way. So Jesus is your first line of defense. I've taken care of it already. There's nothing you can go through that I'm not here for you and don't know the depths of how it's affected you. And that's love. Let's praise the Lord just for a moment. That's love. That's love. That's pure love. That's pure love. And He takes off those things that have been a burden. He rose up. Have you, you know, some people are, get saved, you know, and nobody can believe that it's the same person they knew before. They go, are you sure that the attitude is completely different? Is that the same guy? And do you know, that's kind of a carbon copy of when Jesus rose from the dead. Is that the same guy? No, newness of life changes you. Jesus' resurrection body was different. You couldn't identify him. People that come into fullness of salvation go, gosh, that guy's different. What happened? You got new life. The new life in Christ is in there. And I want to say it again. There's no other God. There's no other religion. There's no other ideology. There's not any other source of any of this except for one person, our Lord Jesus Christ. It doesn't come from anywhere else. The capacity, the power, the love, the depth of transformation that occurs when a person walks with him, there's no other source of that. You can't think yourself, uh, you can't have a good, nice enough happy thoughts and uh, get there. It, has to, it, it comes via the person and the truth of the person and the working of the Spirit of God. Truth and the Spirit of God working together inside of your heart. Fashion the person of Jesus. So here's the point. Death has no more sting. And this is a crazy thing. Death actually doesn't have any victory over the human soul anymore in Christ. It doesn't exist. That's why when a saint comes time to die, it's really just the passing away. It's like they just close their eyes and wake up in the most incredible place you could ever imagine. Now, I'm not looking forward to it right now because I want to see my grandkids grow up. And... But when you settle it, when you make it your resolve that you belong to Jesus forever, death is no scary. It's no scary. It's not scary. It's actually graduation. For putting your faith into the God who came to find you and get a hold of you. Paul made this amazing st statement of his own assessment of his life in Acts 20, 24. I love this. I, look, this is Paul. Paul was brilliant. Paul had this amazing... He was, his brain worked under the Spirit like logic on fire. He could go... And then the Spirit of God, just like Jesus, just came and did amazing things. After so many times he got whooped and beat up and all that stuff and had Luke the physician with him just to tend to him and writing about what happened. Finally, it gets to the point, in the, in the, he's in Ephesus and it's like 
they just wipe sweat off of his brow and put it on a handkerchief and then send it to somebody and they, they get the hold of it and demons leave them. Come on, man. It's like, Paul, you've been through the fire. I'm just going to cause anointing to come out your pores. And you're going to have impact way beyond your, your personal space and ability. Can you believe that? So he says, I do not, I do not account my life of any value nor precious as precious to myself. This is Paul. I do not account my life of any value nor as precious to myself. If only I may finish my course and the ministry that I receive from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. This is a person who settled it. My former life, anything that's presently in my life that's not Jesus, I'm not into that anymore. Now, I'm, just, I'm, call, I'm calling us to a settled resolve like that. And um, does anybody know who Charles Spurgeon was? He was a great preacher. Uh, he had a message entitled, The Redeemer's Face Set Like Flint. And here's uh, two slides on that. He says, he's in, in this message, he said, My great object is to lead you to love him who so loved you that he set his face like a flint in his determination to save you. O ye redeemed ones, on those behalf this strong resolve was made. Ye who have been bought by the precious blood of this steadfast, resolute Savior, come and think a while of him, that your hearts may, be, may, may burn within you and that your faces may be set like flints to live and die for him who lived and died for you. So I'm just calling us to settle it. And when you settle it, then the things that are unsettling to you, he starts to address in your life. When you settle it, then he goes after the things that are unsettled. Wouldn't you say? I want to ask Shelley to come on up for a second and uh, I want to talk about a little testimony here. How are we doing Can I see, you just come on, get in the pretty light there. That's, I like your coat. That's got a nice teal. Okay, so I had to hear this again, and I called you up to talk to me. Where are you going to start with this thing? The, we're going to do the ringing? Okay. Um, past several of you know that there have been some of us with the tinnitus, or tinnitus, whatever you call it, in the ears, and we pastored prayed for us, and... The left ear got fine on because I've had it for years, but I still had ringing in my right ear. And the Lord had given me a few verses on when I had, when he had finished working with whatever, that it was going to go away. Well, we were sitting in, I was sitting here Thursday, and 
the pastor was ministering, the Holy Spirit was ministering to a lot of people, and, and I was just loving the Lord. I was just enjoying his presence and just worshiping him. And, and I was thinking to myself, oh, Lord, I don't really feel like there's a problem right now. And I'm thanking you. I was just really praising him and thanking him for his love for me. And the pastor, out of the blue, said something about a sperm and an egg getting together, and when that did, that there was a flash of light, and God said, look, there's Shelley. He didn't know that my whole life, my mom used to tell me that she never wanted me. And I, I, I forgave her as much as I could. And then my, my father, too, they didn't want any of us. So, or they at least didn't want any after my sister was born. There were three more of us after. There were seven total. So I can remember as a little girl saying to my mom, because she said it often, I would say, Mom, I wanted to be born. I, I wanted to, you know, and she would say, well, it would have been better maybe if you were born to that family or whatever. And it was just, I don't know. I thought I'd put it away. Well, when the pastor said that, it suddenly dawned on me that no matter whether my parents wanted me or not, God had a plan. And I was, there was nothing they could have done about it. That he wanted me to be born in this time and at this place. And as soon as I realized that, I mean, I just wept and suddenly I didn't have any ringing in my ears. It was like it just went, totally went away. So, but it came back. It came back. The ringing was like in and out and in and out. Well, since then, it's almost like a clue. I'll, it, I'll hear silence, and I hadn't heard silence for years, so I'd forgotten what silence was like. But it, my ear will stop ringing, and then it'll start ringing. And it's almost like the Lord is using that ringing now to bring to my attention areas in my heart that I'm still holding hurt or rejection or whatever. And every time he brings something, I mean, I, I had no idea I was carrying around so much garbage and carrying around so much hurt and pain until... It's like, oh, I'm hearing ringing again. There must be somebody. There must be something. And then I just start praying and saying, okay, Lord, what is it? Who am I supposed to be forgiven now? Or who am I supposed to bless now? And as soon as he brings it and I, I forgive them and start praying blessings on them, then I hear the silence again. So it's just been, it's, it's almost like a friend. I mean, I don't want it to be a friend, but I mean, it's almost like a friend. Well, the Holy Spirit's going, over here. <laughs> He's using it now. Now, we'll come back to that. We're going to continue in just a second. Let me say, uh, those passages in the Bible where the four men bring the paralyzed fellow, and Jesus says to a paralyzed guy, your sins are forgiven. Now, you and I know 
the moment Jesus said, your sins are forgiven to us, we felt them leave. We felt the lightness come and the heaviness leave our life, right? That's how powerful when Jesus forgives. But then the Pharisees kind of look, you know, what? How, who, how come he, he, only God can forgive sins, how come with this? But Jesus, discerning their thoughts, said, so you're, so what's it easier for me to say? Was it easier for me to say your sins are forgiven or rise up your bed and walk? Do you see what just happened there? Jesus tied the paralyzed condition to unforgiveness. He just tied those together. And he said, to prove to you or to show you that the Son of God has authority to forgive sins, take up your bed. And he got up. And I have felt the Lord showing me more and more there's been so much emotional disaster in people's lives that it's the seedbed for many physical infirmities. And so we're bringing this up today to say, here's, here's what I'm saying. When you settle in your heart that Jesus is your Lord over every area of your life and you're going to be tenacious about walking with him, then he's going to take the unsettled things and remove them from you. How many of you have had many unsettled things emotionally that jarred your life, that hell comes and tries to piggyback on it and run you ragged? Go ahead. One, one more thing, though. The Lord has... My mother, bless her heart, I mean, she had a horrible life growing up and then with my dad. My dad, my dad was a predator. And... So I was always terrified of, of him and any man and went searching for love in all the wrong places, so the saying goes. But I never had a dad, one that I could depend on. Now I got a dad. And it's so sweet that I can trust him. And I call him dad when I him. I can call him dad and I'm not afraid. Abba, let's say Father God. Daddy God. Abba, Abba. So this journey has been so extraordinary. This healing to the heart is released. The first time when when they left the other, other ear, I was praying for you and I had this thought. I was like, have you ever said the words out here, none of it? And she goes, yeah. You know, it's like, you know, the Lord wanted to say, we're going to get after this thing. And uh, there can't, I'm just saying, it's not all, not every physical infirmity is tied to an emotional thing. It's not, it's not true. But wow, in our culture, it sure does open the door to a lot of of uh, works of the adversary to come. And Jesus came. And how many of you have sensed the Lord working in your own heart right now from this testimony? Can we just lift our heads? Thank you, Shelley. Just lift your heads before the Lord. I want the prayer team guys come on down. Come put on that uh, little soft um, music there. Hallelujah. Just lift your heads for a minute.
Just lift your heads, close your eyes. Just lift your heads, close your eyes. Just, I have a sense that the Lord Jesus is going to come and minister to you. He's just going to come. He's going to come. I'm going to pray in the tongues here. Just want you to do that too, just softly. Just love the Lord. Open up your heart. Open up your heart. Just open up both doors of your heart, so to speak. Say, come, Jesus, come in. Come in. Holy Spirit, manifest your healing ointment. Come to me right now. Come to me right now. There was a bruising. A bruising occurred. I'm talking to a certain person. A bruising occurred. I believe it was a fatherly thing. This testimony touched you because Jesus is coming to heal the bruise right now. And you've done the same thing. You've been a forgiving person. But right now he's healing. Just receive it. You can let the pain out now. A minute ago, you weren't even aware of it. But now you are. Let him have it. Again, Father God is coming to wipe away tears. It doesn't now. Submit it to him. Submit it to him. The Holy Spirit's here. He's coming to release healing into the heart, into the mind. A burden is going to come out and be gone. A burden. Many times these things affect the way you feel about yourself. As if you're not quite enough in life. But the Lord says you're more than enough to me. You're more than enough to me. Some of you, the Lord wants you right now to embrace the Lord. Just love the Lord. He's here in his healing capacity as your Savior and healer. This is not about emotions, being emotional. This is about healing a bruise, healing a place that has been manipulated by the adversary and Jesus taking away the capacity for this area to be manipulated anymore. These things are so common in the average person. Instead of Jesus shaping their life, these words have shaped the life. The power of these words have twisted, wounded, misshapen your whole identity or some aspect of it where you feel just slightly crippled, like I don't really function wholly in that area of my life. 
the Lord says, today you will be free from the wounding that holds you in that place. Now you know what Shelley was doing. You know what we've been doing. Issue forth by the power of Jesus' name, forgiveness. Forgive the people. Forgive the person. Receive forgiveness for yourself. But forgive. Let the fathers forgive. If, if you have one of those devil's lies in your mind that says, God, let this happen, forgive God. He's big enough to handle that. Go ahead and say, I forgive you. He goes, yeah, that's good. Because it's about setting your heart free. Forgiveness is not about the other person. It's about you being free. It's Jesus' keys for you to walk out of your prison. Forgiveness. Let's praise Him right now. Just come in and make a little bit more room in your heart for the glory of His love to come in. Let the glory of His love flood into your soul. Now, if there's specific words that were said, if there's specific words that were said and they lodged inside of you, in the name of Jesus, we're going to pull it out like an arrow. We're going to break the power of it. Certain words can come into our hearts and be like a curse to us. We're going to break that. We're going to allow the Lord to take it out. Jesus' Spirit, the Spirit of the Lord is here to remove piercing words from your heart. There's a couple of you, the Lord's showing me, that you started saying something against yourself. It's a statement against yourself, and the Lord wants to take that poison out of your heart. You've been the one that's been saying it. Somebody else maybe said it to you, but it's going to come out right now. There's a grace in, in the Spirit to just take out poisonous words, words of death. In other words, Jesus is saying, I'm going to unwrap you right now, and I'm going to take out what was death to you. It's happening right now. Let his anointing come. Listen, I was sitting with a guy in, in a Cracker Barrel in front of the fireplace and found out that he wanted to be delivered from the fear of God taking care of him financially. There's a whole story. And I just led him through a simple prayer. And he was delivered. And then he said to me, I thought I had to be laying on the floor in some church somewhere to get this. I said, no, Jesus sets free wherever you are, when truth ignites your heart, and when you receive his love and truth, the liberator is not waiting for you to be on some carpet at some church. There's tears coming out of people right now. Just let the pressure, let the tears, the Holy Spirit's helping me see it. See, the weight, I feel it. The Holy Spirit says, just let the tear come. Let it come. How can he wipe it away if it's not expressed? Let the pressure of that misshapen words and breaking the curse. Does anybody want to, just to kind of put a seal the deal on it, put your hand over your heart and yank the, like yank the, 
the arrow out. Say, now, I break the power of those words in my life. I break the power of those words in my life. Now. Pray this prayer. Father, forgive me for whatever is in me that would accommodate or cooperate with this statement against me, with this curse to my soul. I renounce its power. I reject it now. Go from me in the name of Jesus. Now let the Lord put his hand on your head and bless you. Receive his blessing. He says, you are more than enough for me. I bless you with my peace. I bless you with wholeness in this area of your soul. You will not walk around feeling crippled. You will not walk around feeling forlorn. You will not walk around feeling like you're not enough. It's not happening in Christ Jesus. You are more than enough in Christ Jesus. Lift your head. Somebody just praise the Lord. Because this is, stand, stand there before him and let him take it. Let him take it for you. He already took it to the cross. Let him take it now. Hallelujah. Let's stand together. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. There may be um, about, I didn't, I did, until you stood up, this didn't even occur to me. Okay, there's Glenn. There's me and Gary. If you need a daddy hug, If you need a hug from a, a believing man that represents Jesus Christ, let's lift our heads, let's lift our hearts. Just lift your hands before the Lord. Say, I surrender. I surrender all that I am to you. I surrender it all. You are Lord forever over my life. I settle it. I thank you today for your healing grace upon me. I receive it. I receive the overthrow of all negative words spoken against my heart and my identity. I thank you, Lord, for taking out the poison. I thank you for releasing into me blessing where I will walk into newness of life and freedom in Jesus Christ because of who you say that I am, Jesus, to you. I praise you for it. I've received that now. Everybody said amen. Amen. If you want other prayer, come on down and please... If you have even a question in your mind, should I get more prayer, come on down. All right? You're dismissed. Love on each other.